0: Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned, my friends Elegance is learned, oh yeah
1: This is Gemma, and this is Money Can't Buy you Class, a podcast about reality television through a critical lens, and we are so very lucky today to be joined by none other than Emma Burke, the host of I Am A Genius podcast. Um, she's kind of a genius, <laughs> and-, <laughs> and she knows it too, so welcome, mm-hmm. welcome, Emma. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited.
2: Yeah, this is the close. We're closing the loop on the pod, the podcast exchange um, for all the listeners out there. You can uh, go listen to Money Can't Buy a Class on I Am a Genius. <laughs> um, but you have to you have to pay Emma, which so I know
3: I need to change that. But I I keep I keep talking. It's not even premium content. <laughs> I just talk shit about people I know and I don't want them to hear. Anyway, uh, Emma's here Uh, today
2: to join us um, on a very special project that um, we decided to conduct. Um, I was, I, so I started watching Real Housewives of New Jersey from the beginning um, because I'm, you know, kind of methodically doing my historical research and (laughs) watching all of the franchises. And um, New Jersey seasons one through four are pretty excellent. Um, We will talk about that, but to kind of kick it off, um, we are reading this book called Cop Without a Badge. To give some context, um, in season one of Real Housewives of New Jersey, there's this kind of constant tension with this woman, Danielle, and all the other women. And the tension sort of boils over in the season one finale, where they're having a dinner uh, at a restaurant, Italian restaurant. And there has been talk of this nameless, untitled book that describes some legal troubles that Danielle had been in as a 20 year old and she had a different name and she was involved in like this drug cartel and she held somebody hostage and it's supposedly all detailed in this book and so in this in the season one finale she's she brings out the book she slams it on the table and now we're reading that book (laughs) so it's just really like it's like bringing it's like literally like bringing it out it feels like I like got it out of the tv screen
0: um
3: yeah I was really excited when you suggested reading the book because I'd been on my list for a long time and <laughs> I like couldn't really carve out the time to do it without being prompted. Um, and it was really fun for me to read. I read it in Florida. I was telling you guys and it felt very appropriate um, Yeah, to read it between that. I was like drinking so much and I was there and the times that I wasn't drinking. I was reading coffee <laughs> without a badge by my friend's dad's pool. So um, That's the perfect balance right there Yeah I loved it Were, I, you, I, were yeah. you
1: in Miami? No I was in Sarasota Sarasota <laughs> um, I wish I was
3: in my, I'm a huge Miami head too so I liked the, the, That was the And it makes sense that Danielle had a stint in Miami Right
2: yeah so this this book This book is called Cop Without a Badge uh, The Extraordinary Undercover Life of Kevin Mayer By Charles Kipps And it was published in 1996 My birth year Um, and it basically tells like the escapades of this undercover cop who wasn't really ever officially a cop because he was an ex-con. Um, he like got thrown in jail when he was a teenager for, uh, carjacking. And, um, it kind of takes place, like it takes place like in the Bronx and New Jersey and Miami and the end of the book really gets into like his time working with like the DEA, um, in, Miami and New York, uh, busting like cocaine dealers and his also, you know, participation in being a heavy user of cocaine. Um, and so the book, the book is just like very like eighties, like seventies, eighties, like kind of like greasy, like Bronx carjacking, prostitutes dying. (laughs) That's like, like cars. It's very masculine, which is made even more clear by Chris Knopf a.k.a. Mr. Biggs blurb (laughs) on the back of the book
3: (laughs) I know I read it on my kindle so I didn't get to see that I also didn't get to see the picture of
1: Danielle that I know her mugshot I know is Beverly Merrick
3: a.k.a. Beverly
0: yeah
1: I'll read you the the Chris Noth blurb (laughs) a giant read in the tradition of true crime books cop without a badge sets the stage for an awesome cinematic experience Chris Noth actor law and order in parentheses detective mike logan <laughs> next nice in the city in parentheses mr big
2: although the other verb is from the literal former
1: police commissioner like- but of suffolk of suffolk county <laughs> yeah
3: this was definitely like for for cops which for I,
1: cops by cops yeah exactly
3: it was like i i i thought I mean we'll get into the whole like the role that it played obviously in the show the dynamics of the housewives but like it didn't Danielle seems Beverly as she's referred to and that's a big point of contention in the show right is that in the book you know she changed her name and like didn't really disclose that she was had other you know monikers in the past which was seen as this huge betrayal um but she doesn't she seems like pretty cool and hot like maybe that's my like really fucked up brain being like but I wasn't like this person's like like I feel like a lot of the women were kind of maybe jealous of this life that she had lived pre suburban.
1: She's like that. I like when when he first met her at the party in Miami, which is why I asked Emma if she was in Miami <laughs> reading Cop without a badge. Um it seems like the type of party that you would enter and your heart rate would just like go up a little bit. Like it's <laughs> one of those parties that you walk into and the adrenaline just starts pumping. Um, in a good way you know what I mean like it seems like she was really hanging out with a crowd who knew where to get what they wanted to get when they wanted to get it yeah. you know and yeah. she also seems like in this may s- like she seems like a true romantic mm-hmm. right because it's like you know even Chris Knott says it's a very cinematic uh right. she's like it's a very cinematic book and I also feel like you know um, perhaps the woman would see a movie where, uh, a woman loved her boyfriend so much that she would take a kid hostage and, <laughs> you know, like, like whatever she did, like, I feel like that's almost like a very like romantic thing that she was involved in, but mm-hmm. because it's reality, it's, it's they're like, you're a criminal and like, you have a, you're a prostitution whore. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Danielle is like kind
2: of like that special sauce in a housewife like you were saying Emma like where she's like she is like like the best housewives are like a little eccentric like a little out of their mind like kind of delusional but also like funny and like Danielle is like a is like hard to watch she's like so clearly out of her mind but she like but like you said she really managed to like hang on and I just like thinking about like this like trajectory from like having this life as like you know kind of like a party girl like getting involved with like the wrong guys and like then like becoming like this like staple in this like book but this like kind of periphery but like by far the most compelling female presence in the book you know (laughs) Um, and like then like to the housewives like that 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 tracks you know like it does feel like she's a person who's always been attracted to like drama paranoia or something like makes her a really good candidate for reality tv
0: <laughs>
3: well she's also like very like a true melodramatic like I think kind of, like Phoebe which I always kind of link with like a true romantic as well you know like I think she I totally agree Phoebe that she like I really I don't think relate is the right term but as like another like kind of true Pisces like psycho like I really was like especially age 20, like the danger, very alluring. I could totally see myself being like, yeah, I'll just like pistol at this kid, like whatever. We're, I'm wearing the hot leather hot pants. I love this guy. You know, I don't have a family. Like, and I think I was thinking a lot about my friend just sent me this New Yorker piece about how like opioid addiction people, there's this like, you know, theory that it sort of is like a, um, it's like a, it's a supplement for like an absence of love, The like people who really are looking, would get people get addicted to heroin. Mm-hmm. It's like, they want, they're really addicted to love or like codependent in this like emotional way too. And like, I really see that for, Danielle and I felt like reading this book and kind of seeing how her like drug addiction and her like sex work it all kind of made her make sense to me as like a housewife too where it's like oh yeah you just want to be accepted right. and you're kind of willing to do anything but you do have this like joie de vivre that's very New Jersey in the way that it's like kind of like laced with criminal activity um right. it all kind of it felt very kind of like old-fashioned like yeah like late night soap yes and, and it felt very like if I was Teresa Judice, I would feel jealous of that life, you know, because they're all in the same place. But she just has all of this explanation for the way that she is versus like Teresa is also fucking insane and kind of miserable in her marriage and like shackled to like her New Jersey suburb, but, like doesn't really have the like exposition, right. if that
1: makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like another thing about Danielle is that she constantly feels not safe, yeah. Totally. <laughs> right. So she like, like part of her like goal in, because, you know, she, she very, obvious. I mean, who knows what host of like mental health issues she has, but like, I guess what I see in her is like a tremendous amount of like PTSD yeah. from, you know, from growing up and from like whatever her childhood was. Um, and I think that like part of that is she has to constantly be surrounded by, by men.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Right. And I think that again, like that's also like a super romantic way to live through life is like as this like femme fatale who (laughs) just goes from like man to man and is like always loved and like knows how to manipulate. But at the end of the day, all you're doing is like manipulating yourself, you know? Um, Totally. (laughs) But yeah, no, but and but it's also like, I mean, part of like the thing about the housewives is it's such a unique. Um, it's such a unique, like, uh, like, like age to see, to see women who have a desire to be seen, Mm -hmm. you know, and especially in the early two thousands, which is when like New Jersey started Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, like I'm a businesswoman and I'm going to do XYZ and I'm single and like, I'm proud and Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, it's not like a Heather gay or whatever. Like, you know, you have these women who are like of a certain age, but still have this like need that as you're saying, when you're 20 years old, like you have, like when you're like a very, very young person, but they somehow still have it. And that like in and of itself almost seems like a, like a mental illness. Right. Totally. And I think that's something, too,
3: that we're kind of losing with new franchises. Like Girl Boss Wokedom has kind of, yeah, it really is a shame because it's like I do think there's something, even though it's like obviously kind of exploitative and really dark to see like Danielle's like house of horrors where she's just like projecting so much onto her daughters, like the house is falling apart or whatever. Like I do like that there's no sort of like aspiration. It's like this is just like how this woman is, you know, and it's very honest and compelling to me. Danielle clearly like does not, does not, is not
2: tethered to the same reality as other people. And she has like really true, like delusions of grandeur that are very romantic that do, that are like, you know, posing her as like, that she's in danger, that she's being victimized. Um, but she, um, but it feels like this book is like where she thinks, where she lives in her delusions. Like this like weird, like grisly, like, soapy cinematic like really like cheesy cop drama like I I does feel like that's what she what she thinks these and that's kind of what she made I mean you know New Jersey is not not like that watching it you know they kind of (laughs) follow that how that kind of format or formula
3: totally yeah she's just like shutter Islanded herself into this (laughs) period of time
2: (laughs) like especially in like her arc where she's you know feuding within season two when she's like had her big feuds with the women um and she like basically gets these like two ex-mob guys or they I don't know if they're actually ex-mob but they're like ex-cons and they like are like her her like bodyguards and like her entourage and it's like so insane to watch it because and she keeps like she keeps saying like that she's gonna like somebody's gonna do violence to her she's gonna do violence to other people it's really um and like that like Phoebe you're saying like sh- she's surrounded by men but like that all made a lot of sense reading this book I was like oh yeah she probably does like she probably does kind of feel like endangered you know
3: I know and just like her really yeah my the, her like mob guys are my favorite Like characters I think in any Housewives show ever like there's one like event that Danielle goes to which is like a like beers and brats like really down home like fundraiser for a child with cancer and she shows up like in a Bentley with like Louboutins on and like she brings like 10 men including like the head yeah. of the hell's angels and like these guys had just got out of prison because she like needs protection at this event and it is like it results in like one of the best yeah like confrontations I think in, in my opinion in housewives history yeah I mean she also was like she's like I'm here for my speech and
2: the family of the child was like <laughs> excuse me who are you <laughs>
3: I know and she keeps being like I think it's better for everyone if I leave like you don't know what these guys are gonna do and like then they just show like a shot of the mom with the child with cancer like not really reacting like the editing is with da- around Danielle is also so oh good. it's so good
1: <laughs> right because it like definitely solidifies that like the world that she lives in is like not the same like conscious <laughs> reality that like everyone else including like the viewer yeah. is a part of but she, yeah, she's like she honestly she really frighted me like especially that night <laughs> just because like there really is that point like that's a night that Teresa's like hey honey and Danielle's like what and Teresa's like his bitch better and then they start like chasing each other in this like adult woman game of like Freeze tag you know and then like Danielle hides behind the bushes and then she comes like sobbing like having like a literal panic attack comes out Ashley who's Jacqueline's daughter like kind of pulls her hair and then Danielle just like is like I don't even know what's wrong with her she's like she pulled my scalp and my hair came out and like I have the proof and like I got it and then like she calls the cops and then again like the it cuts to the cops being like oh yeah like don't worry about it like she, she like danielle calls us all the time yeah (laughs) and you're like oh my god like she's involving the fucking cops in her life about like delusions of Mm -hmm. like her paranoid delusions like all the time that scene is awesome too because you kind of
3: get like a little bit of like foresight into like Teresa Giudice's like relationship with law enforcement where she's yeah. like mm. clearly so primed where as soon as the cops show up she's like I didn't do nothing and like leaves the scene <laughs> immediately and is like not giving them any information and it's like clearly been her husband I'm sure is just like don't say a fucking word you know <laughs> yeah. well
2: I mean that is the funny like that's the kind of the interesting thing about this um about like the, the pairing of the book because like the beginning of New Jersey like it is pretty immediately like because of Danielle like there is a pretty immediate like positioning of like crime and like you know like as a part of like the show's fabric and that basically just ramps up all the way through to Joe and Teresa's arrests mm-hmm. um and like you know I think like we've talked about this with other a couple other people on the podcast but like you know like there's kind of like a shift that people are feeling that like the housewives is kind of like slipping into like true crime territory. And especially like this most recent season of salt Lake city is like kind of shot like a, like a true crime documentary. Um, and I think it's kind of just interesting to like, that Danielle was kind of like this, the foray into that because that, that kind of feels like the origins of that kind of, you know, existence because, and, but it, but it wasn't like, a financial crime you know it was like it was kind of like a crime of passion or like a crime of like just like a violent crime that she had committed in her 20s um but do play up the like all italians are in the mob angle mm-hmm. and caroline and dina manzo's and chris manzo's <laughs> father was like murdered by the mob like was found dead like killed mob style like with his like Hands like in like a trunk, so it's kind of like whoa.
1: (laughs) Committed suicide by shooting themselves in the back of the head. So I'm
3: maybe guys can help me work. I'm trying to remember all the details, but Dina, Caroline's sister. And like Danielle's number one enemy was married to a guy season one of Real Houses New Jersey and they split up Um, and then she started dating this other guy and her first that first husband was really pissed off. And with Caroline, like they hired someone to like assault her boyfriend with like a slap jack in like the like a Best Buy parking lot in New Jersey. This was like a few years ago. What? Yeah. So like I think Caroline and what's her husband's name again? The Manzos are actually, I think, mobbed up. Albert. Like, Albert. Albert.
1: No, I mean, they are. Come on, the Brownstone.
3: Oh my God, the fucking Brownstone. I hate the Manzas. I can't stand Caroline. I like, like them. Ugh, her like Muppet voice being like, people don't know what it's like to run a banquet hall. And it's like, yeah, no one gives a fuck. Obviously it's a weird front. Like no one's like questioning you. It's so bizarre. She projects so much. <laughs> yeah,
2: they are mobbed up for
0: sure.
1: No, like literally, and it's so funny outside them, but like, it's just hilarious in that season one reunion where Andy Cohen is like, so, (laughs) you know, there've been rumors that are, like people have been saying like, are they part of the mob? They're in New Jersey and they're Italian. And Caroline, I'm not even gonna try to do the voice, but Caroline (laughs) is like, no, no, no. Like we're (laughs) not, we're not mobbed up. Listen, I'll show you how not mobbed up we are my father-in-law was found dead randomly in the back of a car because he's not part of the mob. That doesn't happen to people who are part of the mob. Yes, it was randomly at two in the morning. Yes, uh, his friends had just called and, like, asked if they could go see him to talk about a business deal. But no, that would never happen. And you're like, what are you, like, what are you talking about? It's, like, so threatening. Like, she's, like, such a strangely, like, threatening woman who's also very charming
3: she scares me the most well and she's
1: like huge tits
3: (laughs) i know her like her like whole presence just reminds me of like a puppet in this really creepy way like she like really looks like oh i just i can't get over it her like hair and makeup is always out of control and then when she like reveals that she like shaves her entire face every day it's like what the like and her like cheesecake factory looking house like oh she goes you the cream.
1: no but caroline manzo and like the rest of the manzos are i mean they're like fully part of the mob right <laughs> as we've established as we've established i'm not just like repeating that like no it's yes. important to emphasize i mean but, it's crazy. right so underline that five times but then as you know we're talking about cop without a badge and danielle danielle has also point blank been associated with the mob
0: Mm-hmm. you know
1: mm-hmm. to the extent and like she's been like indicted and in so in like such an amount of like federal charges or she's been involved with like such a legal activity that she had to get like full facial reconstruction surgery and <laughs> change her name yeah. right so that it's like it, it's so strange like thinking about how like you know she always needs to be protected and like shit like that it almost seems like the show itself is like not only a front but also like this weird like witness protection program Mm -hmm. right but then it's also a way that she's now like more indicted in the mob because of her relationship with the Mm manzos but then also it's like this fully feminized way of discussing like illegality and all its Mm -hmm. different like with all its different like faces and turnarounds so I I don't know it's like such a it's such a strange thing because it's not like Like, after, like, the second season of Real Housewives of Atlanta, for example, Candy's fiancé, like, is is murdered. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, And, like, even in real – and as we talked about in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, after season two, like, uh, Taylor's husband is also murdered.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But there are no murders on New Jersey, right? (laughs) It's, like, this type of crime that, like, only takes place as, like – as like this like fictionalized fantasy even Mm -hmm. though it's real like even though they're like two mob families right and it's all
2: but that's what I think it is it's like this like it's like this kind of cinematic like familial interpersonal like you know tension and like threats and like that's why and I think that's what makes it such a good like material for a show and I think like that's like what's kind of interesting about Danielle is like she had this like it's just like this like play of like New Jersey being like, they wanted it to be like the Sopranos, you know, like they wanted to like have a little bit of like some reference to that. And then they also wanted it to be like a real housewives franchise. Like there's this amazing mm-hmm. way that Danielle is able to like herself mythologizing is like, she's primed to like, make, you know, create this narrative for herself and like spin these narratives. Um, and that she simply like, she basically like, she basically produced the first two seasons of like, the <laughs> show, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm is what it feels like.
3: Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it does feel like, yeah, it does feel like this franchise is, like, the most self-mythologizing out of any of the other franchises. Yeah. Like, it, like even just, like, Teresa being, like, I'm a really sweet person, like, constantly. And then, like, also calling people, like, bitch, like, you. Yeah. Being ready to pop off at any moment and like
0: yeah.
3: like Caroline being like I'm an amazing mother and like all of her kids are fucking losers you know yeah. or like like and or even just like this like presence of like Italy being our home and that being like kind of like true on a spectrum and there's like a lot of insecurity around people's like proximity to Italy and people's proximity to Italian culture and like people's proximity to the crime family like it all feels like really like everyone's sort of like self myth is very insecure at all times which I think is great for the show because it results in a lot of like kind of like yeah very heated personal fights because people's ideas of themselves are constantly being tested by each other
2: right and i think it makes it i think the drama feels like it feels so much more serious in this way especially these first couple seasons because it's like truly they're all connected, they're all related like they're Mm -hmm. literally all related and like (laughs)
1: like
2: the the kind of family like drama like it's 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 the same kind of petty stuff that happens like interpersonally in like other housewives franchises but like there's something that's like more like it feels like more legitimate or something or it feels like more of like
3: well in watching the finale too where the book is brought out and like you know danielle brings it out to be like i needed i'm bringing this out at this big dinner because i want you guys to all kind of face the fact that you're like speaking about me like it does feel like this like total like i don't know it feels like that's really interesting to me that it happened that way because i think that was like a really smart move on the producer's side like to give danielle the book to bring it out instead of having like other people because it really then immediately resulted in all this like family fracturing where it was like the question of who first introduced the book to the group it turned out like caroline had lied to kind of protect her sister, sister taken the fall like jacqueline who's like you know family by marriage was completely left out of this whole plot and felt really maligned and then like teresa just it was her dinner and she felt like it was kind of like taken out of you know she lost control of her family italian dinner and like i i don't think that whole like the presence of the book the existence of the book and the reveal in that way would have been effective
1: like in any other
3: yeah city
1: (laughs) it's so crazy i i kind of want to go back to cop without a badge though yeah yes yeah please just because like it it really is a crazy thing to read and to encounter (laughs) so because I just so as Gemma said it was written in 1996 and it was published by Simon and Schuster you know what I mean like it was published it's, it's it's like a pretty big book i mean not like in the in like the art world or like the literary world but like it was a big book like simon and schuster is like you know for those who don't know it's like that's huge you know um um so 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 first of all to like have a book of like this type of like commercial caliber on the show seemed like strangely grounding because like when i When you're watching the first season and I guess that this like ties into this like weird nouveau riche liminal space like I didn't think that this book would be like such a such like a big deal like I thought the book would just be published by some like random like New Jersey based publisher and like it would all be in like like comic sans or whatever but like it's a legit book and like it, it's like legitimately tracking like the life of someone it's like an undercover or, or it's like an under um appreciated like hero in a sense mm. um but but as gemma like i think that's something that like gemma you were talking about was like the fact that like the book seems like a prop Right? And then to, like, actually – like, it's just, like, a weird thing to be able to, like, then, like, encounter the prop, but not only, like, have it as an object, but to, like, actually read it and to, like, actually, like, put yourself in the shoes of, like, the woman in the show who were, like, also right. reading it and to, like, understand her through that lens. I don't know. It's just it's just strange because it's, like, these women, like, exist beyond, like, the scope of our, like, daily reality or, like, even if you see them – Or like run into them um it's or like go to sir or whatever like it's different because like that's still part of like the facade of them but at this this book just seems so like um like like adjacent Mm -hmm. that that it it was um i i don't know i don't really i'm like i feel so much discomfort with it like I or or I feel like the book has like this weird like surveillance camera in it that's like watching me or something like I don't know like what did it feel like even like somatically to like read the book to you guys because it's just like I I couldn't put it down Mm -hmm. but then I also was like disgusted by it but then I also was just kind of like I felt totally dissociated from myself because of the reason why I was reading it which was to like discover Danielle in the same way that the housewives discovered Danielle.
2: Right. I mean, I felt, I felt like reading it, like, almost, like, in a way, like, kind of, like, debunked some of the, like, mythologizing mm-hmm. that, like, like it kind of, to me, like, kind of peeled away, like, the, like, production of the show. You know, it kind of was, like, kind of was, like, okay, this is, like, some, like, random book that's, like, like we were saying, like, is, like, really cop- pro-cop like really like dudes It, it felt very male to me and that was interesting I actually thought about that a lot like this like book that's like incredibly masculine that like the only women that are in it are like brutally murdered or like dating or like are like you know prostitutes like like I don't know why I had such a response to it in this gendered way but I really felt like this was like a male book. And I thought that, like, it felt funny to think about this book entering, like, this, like, hyper-feminized space of, you know, the Real Housewives world. And, like, and it was really funny to think, like, I kept thinking about, like, them reading it. I'm like, this is cracking me up to think about, like, Teresa reading this book, you know, because she she
3: definitely didn't read it. (laughs) Um, To, like, finger under each line. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I was going to say, Jerry's kind of out on her ability to read, period, let alone... (laughs) It definitely felt super 90s to me. Like, I think just, like, contextually, you know, like, post-OJ, like, and, like, thinking about just, like, the kind of, like, I don't know, moral panic that was happening at the time about the presence of crime. Um, But I didn't have a super, like, I kind of just, like, I read it really quickly. and I mostly, like, I really just focused on the Danielle parts, too. And I think I was just thinking about how it felt like a real, like, kind of, like, formative moment in the franchise I think for kind of like establishing this like what would become a go-to sort of moral like North Star for housewives who were all really morally ambiguous which is like protecting like the children or like the sort of like pious relationship to your family you know and like in I forgot that like know because that was the whole thing right was that they were like this is like now we know this person is dangerous and unsafe and had this really salacious life and that makes her worse than us and an immoral person and then the whole like fight kind of like peaks when they're like we don't want to talk about this in front of our kids when she brings out the book at this dinner but like right before the book is brought out like teresa is like sharing like really graphic perverted details about her and her husband's sex life to the entire table and everyone's like loving it you know um And I imagined reading it, too, as a housewife and being, like, I would have been so fucking stoked if, like, someone that I kind of felt eh about had this book come out, too. Like, it really instilled in me, like, the word, like, base-level horrible kind of, like, feminine urge to talk shit, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Then I think, like, I don't know, it it felt like it, as, like, you were saying, like, a sort of, like, piece of pre-existing material to like supplement the plot line of the show it really had like a ripple effect throughout the entire for like every housewives franchise in like a pretty substantial way especially because it was like an early an early franchise
0: yeah
3: um, and I was thinking about that I t- I didn't think a ton about the book in general because I was just like oh like I was like well this is like a true dad like pick yeah. it up at like a Walgreens read, but yeah. I guess if Simon, mean, yeah, it is like a significant, and it has a ton of Goodreads reviews that were not related to Housewives. So I think people are reading it still, which is kind of crazy. That is so crazy. It's
1: <laughs> weird. It's like such a strange part of. It's like so. It's like such also like cop propaganda, copaganda as they say
3: so, on Twitter. People love that though. I feel like that's like the most like that will never be a genre that dies.
1: You know? like, right. No, but it's like Catch Me If You Can, or what's that like a uh, movie about like cocaine with a uh, Penelope Cruz. Oh, blow. Yeah, yeah blow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could just, like, that was, like, what I saw when I was, like, when they're, like, speeding in their, like, sports cars in Miami. I was just like, that's totally Penelope Cruz, just, like, totally. doing lines with, like. And it's
3: kind of fun. I do kind of get it, you know? Like, I think yeah. it's, like,
1: a, it's a, it really holds up.
3: <laughs> mm. Well, it's also, I, I don't know. It's, like, always, like, it's kind of a confusing genre, too, because it's, like, in some ways it's like kind of like anti-carceral or like law enforcement because it is still like oh well this guy like obviously had a lot of skills and talents and was like he was more than just his the crimes that he committed and you know there's like moments of like some sort of like moral complexity that you know, yeah. or accidental <laughs> for sure. But even just like Danielle's like, you know, like the line that I like I'm obsessed with where he says, you know, he's like a really deep, like take on Danielle is that she has no morals, but she's a good person yes. um, <laughs> as a sort of like, it's like, it's kind yeah it's kind of forgiving it's kind of you know it's kind of nice like he like makes sure she doesn't go to prison because he doesn't think that would serve her you know but then ultimately it's like she's a co whore and I wish she was dead <laughs> so like
1: yeah I mean like right and I think that like he just really likes having sex with her and he's yes. like if someone's this good in bed they like can't be a criminal I'm gonna read the part where we meet Beverly
2: Merrill who is Danielle's dog um <laughs> Mayor looked around the suite. He recognized eight dealers and coke everywhere. Black, white, blonde, brunette, tall, short. Mayor smiled. He'd have a few drinks and a couple of snorts. As Mayor made his way to the makeshift bar that was set up on the side table, he turned and looked right into a pair of incredible brown eyes. She was brunette. Long, perfectly shaped legs poked out of her leather hot pants just as provocatively as her braless breasts strained against her low-cut blouse. She was sitting in a huge leather chair with her left leg over an arm of the chair and her right leg thrust straight out into the side. Mayor could see she wasn't wearing panties. As she <laughs> started gaping, she slowly kicked her left leg up, flipping a high heel shoe and on her toe. I am Beverly, she said sweetly. Beverly Merrill.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I think even in the like the like Danielle as a mother and like woman in her 40s still is i would love to meet her because i bet she is really fucking hot irl and like i feel like she does she's like completely been able to like curate this persona of someone who's like obviously off-putting in so many ways but like really feeds into this like very very specific male fantasy that has like completely served her in the cities of like miami and like wayne new jersey you know oh yes the two the two capitals miami and wayne
1: (laughs) so so the so the book is a prop Right. And it's like used as like this highly dramatic like thing that um, we first see it because like Caroline has it and she like pulls it up um, and she shows it in one of her confessionals. Mm-hmm. But those are obviously filmed like after the the season mm-hmm. is filmed. Um, and then the second time we see the book is when it's used as like a dramatic propping, like slammed on the table by... Um, Danielle, the same table that uh Teresa famously flips. You know what I mean? Right. But but like the the draw like I actually like I it's like in Teresa's like infamous table flip but I never knew why she flipped it and then even when like you start to hear about the book it's like deeply unclear what this book is
2: yeah you know
1: and I think that that was part of what I meant by this like weird like invisible prop where it's just like we don't know what the book is we don't know who found the book we don't know who like (laughs) distributed the book all of this like happens off camera Mm. right and then also like all this shit with Danielle Staub like aka Beverly Merrill like happened in the past right like it also happened like off camera and I think that that can like even be like super off-putting to think about like how the show is almost just like the series of like reactions Mm -hmm. about like very real things that that happened but like weren't I don't know like that weren't caught by the camera or or whatever. But I don't know like the book functions as like the like this marker of like plot or as like the like central element of the first and second seasons. But like none of this shit actually ever happened like ever ever was filmed. And you right. don't really know it. And, like, there's this, like, weird ambiguity. And I think that that's, like, it, it's a similar ambiguity that, like, becomes the, becomes, like, the point of tension in following seasons. Mm-hmm. is like, the ambiguous nature of, like, who said what. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Right. And I think, like, like when they introduce it in the show, like, like I was kind of saying, like, it's, like, no one gets the details of the book right. Like, like, Danielle's <laughs> like, yeah, this is a book, like, my an old boyfriend of mine wrote so I was like wait the writers are you know yeah that was very
3: confusing to me
2: Kevin Mayer and I was like so I literally read it I was like wait so this guy dated Danielle
3: (laughs) I know the like the narrative okay
2: Mayer dated Danielle who's like the subject of the book and like Teresa is like it says you did all sorts of stuff kidnapping and like I mean there's a very 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 there's like three sentences about like what the crime was and like I don't know where they got pistol whipped from because it doesn't say that.
3: I don't think any of them, including Danielle, have read
0: it.
2: Yeah. Right. That's also a weird feeling, right? Like that's a weird, that's a weird feeling that we have now read it because it feels like we know something more or it's like, like I said, like it kind of like debunked it in this way. It's like having the physical object like changes the way that you like see it being kind of like mythologized or it, it, it takes it out of the context of this, like structured narrative that we're supposed to have an opinion about, you know? Mm-hmm. I which is that. why it's
1: also doubly weird that it's like published by Simon and Schuster. And it's not just like because <laughs> it's not just like a New Jersey prop. Like you were talking about like uh like Emma, you were talking about like the bunny mm-hmm. with uh in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is like part of like the quote unquote like Andy Cohen like clubhouse or whatever. Mm. Like it's like literally something that like only has its context in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but like cop without a badge has like a whole life. Totally outside of the franchise, mm. um, and it's not even about Danielle. Like that's the other thing where it's not just like you could Google like Danielle Staub like past, and you would like find this book. Like it's it's so beyond the intricacies of Google that like mm-hmm. you really would like it, it's just like very unclear to me how you would how you would find this like honestly like kind of random book if you weren't just like fully interested in like the secret history of like the NYPD. Who found it? Like. Was so it I a don't producer?
3: Know. Definitely a producer. You think right. so? It must have been because yeah, I it's so crazy so about us. this
1: book. We get like a we PhD and like research science or whatever <laughs> like someone yeah. who like literally has devoted their life to like library like like you yeah you know? <laughs> I mean I
3: have thought about that in terms of like be. I would love to be like a bachelor producer and, and try, like I think that my skills that I'm learning in grad school really lend itself to doing deep dives and anyone who wants to be on reality tv and find shit like this but I think if it was if it was completely about Danielle it would have been like And it was just, like, 250 pages of, like, yeah, like, her pistol-whipping people or, like, really crazy shit, you know, that is as dramatic or severe as the women are making this seem like it is. Like, I think that wouldn't be touchable. Mm -hmm. Like, it reminds me of, like, House of Hilton. It's, like, even though House of Hilton is, like, I mean, you guys just, you just talked about on the podcast. It's, like, pretty, like, you know, it's, like... who knows how verified a lot of that information is but it's still like an entire book dedicated to like the trauma and like transgressions of Kyle Richard's family and like no one's ever brought that up yeah you know or even just like even like the times that like um Faye Resnick's book has been mentioned has always been really like you know like that's like really like tight-lipped like anything that's actually condemning I think you can't really go there so this is kind of like a good medium of like adding fuel to this Danielle Staub fire without actually right. like putting her in like danger or like condemning yeah. her past you know right i i think it's just like i feel
2: like it's a good it's a good like example of like how like these shows and i think new jersey especially like you know like in all these franchises like there has to be some like extra show like a outside of the show drama that's going on that like people talk about that's like going on in their lives it's, like this kind of invisible thing that's going on that you just get snippets of and then there also has to be mm-hmm. like a there also has to be like a couple characters who are having very like interior internal conflict so like for New Jersey you know you have like the like foils of like you know Teresa or like Danielle but like Teresa basically like and Joe like you know there's all stuff written about them there's all these tabloids but like they won't ever really say exactly what's going on in the show and like you only find out much later but then you have like Jacqueline who's like just dealing simply with like her very problematic teenager right Mm -hmm. it's like and like that's like I feel like those two things need to be happening at the same time to like Mm -hmm. generate the kind of story making that these shows kind of do also, like, in terms of, like, crime language or, like, true crime stuff, like, this book is kind of, like, evidence in a way, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's funny that it's, like, a book that's, like, all about, like, cops and stuff and, like, detective work, but then it also, like, is this kind of evidence that, like, helps the women, like, prove that they indeed cannot trust Danielle, that, like, their their gut is correct in some way.
3: Yeah, I don't know. It, it really worked in terms of also sort of accidentally revealing the moral confusion of every single woman on the show too right. really quickly like in one fight you see, you know Caroline reveals herself to have been lying the whole time about who gave who the book like mm-hmm. Jacqueline reveals herself to be like incredibly insecure about her role in her family like Teresa reveals herself to be like a hot-headed psychopath like all of this right. shit and also a moron who can't who can barely speak English like it all just like came out in this way that was so explosive and like effective in securing the first season which was like pretty shittily edited does you know you don't have the same sort of like cracks in the china thing going on that you did with other like more like i don't know like richer franchises like it was really like it, it really worked as the kind of
1: like nail in the coffin of new jersey kind of like i know that joe juda is like a chauvinist pig like i under- <laughs> i understand that he's fucking horrible but it is incredible, as noted in All Diamonds and Rosé, is yeah. like, she's like screaming, she's yelling, she's blacked <laughs> out in rage. And then he's like, okay, honey, give me a little kiss. And she like pecks <laughs> him on the lips. And like, she's like, oh, okay. And she's like, who wants to get a glass of wine? And she's like fully cured from Joe Judice's like five foot three magical lips, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I yeah I mean
3: I think this is also I love when they're like good husbands on a housewives show and like all of the husband you kind of get every kind of man in the like men of New Jersey and they're pretty heavily featured which is fun
2: they're very they're they're definitely like full cast members like I'm sure Mm -hmm. they all get paid you know like they're all like I mean and
3: thank god they need the money
1: (laughs) They all need they the got money so that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone needs so much money to like keep up with their like gauche ass lifestyles, and their like houses that are like literally falling apart. All of it, I don't I know for what closure. it is, but I really like Chris Manzo. Yes, this <laughs> is Chris
3: sexy. Is hot. Yeah, this is hot. Jacqueline's hot. I love her. Jacqueline is so hot to me. Yeah, I like even when she wears her like little shrugs and like looks like a hunchback. <laughs> I'm like, yes, like you
1: look so sexy. You're like- so cute. <laughs> I love when she gets her tummy tuck and they, like, take out her tramp stamp. I know.
2: (laughs) I love, I also love, um, I love Rich Wakili. Oh, God, he's he's so gross. He kills me. Just his, like, his vibe is impeccable. (laughs)
3: Yeah, he makes me laugh really hard. The the Wakili's, like, are chill. They, like, and, like, I love Rosie. Like, yeah, they have a good thing. Oh, my God, Rosie's
2: amazing.
1: (laughs) And I do really. issues.
3: I think my, like, favorite... Like, I stopped watch. I haven't watched past season five. Um, but the, like, episode where... Because I was really just, when Danielle laughed, I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. But then, like, the inclusion of Melissa and Joe Gorga really continues to push the show forward. And, like, the episode with the christening, like, also just, like, secure, where someone, like, like a cameraman has to, like, hit the ground because someone <laughs> has got a gun, you know? And then Joe Gorga's, like, in Italian crying, being like, you're my fucking father. I love you so fucking much. And it's, like, this is his first episode on the show. Like, it's amazing.
2: Just like the periphery characters that you get in New Jersey are just like stellar. Some of the best like friend of's I've ever witnessed. Kim yes. G, I Kim love her. Deserves like a Hollywood star of fame.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she is so special. She looks like a like busted up Sonia Morgan. Like if Sonia Morgan's been like, <laughs> d- 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 wait, are talking kind of Kim? Of wait, beautiful. wait, Kim G or Kim? Which one's the one that owns Posh? Oh, that's Kim D. Kim D. Kim D. That's who I'm talking about. Kim D is also amazing. I love Kim D. D.
1: Kim D. I love, I'm obsessed with Kim (laughs) D. (laughs) Kim D. Posh. She's like, it's my show. It's my show, it's going to be chill. Don't worry, it's gonna be chill. I want you in it. like okay. every time she
3: speaks, I'm like, oh my God, like this woman needs a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> She's like the most dehydrated person in Patterson, New Jersey.
2: Loki reminds me of my sister <laughs> and she just
1: mother. like looks. <laughs> She, like, but- looks so different each season because I she know. keeps getting facelifts and, like, facial corrections that, like, I can barely recognize her. I'm like, oh, this is Kim Ji, the owner of Posh and Posh 2.
3: <laughs> yes. I was oh, paying like- the water bill. What happened? Like, she's always, like, <laughs> shocked about something. And it's like, like, I, yeah, she's man. But Kim, and I'm, I'm sad that she has, like, a longer, she stays on the show, which is crazy. Kim Ji. She kind of comes and goes. Like Teresa's like, why could you? How could you be friends with someone like Danielle? And she's like, well, I pity her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh my god, like that is so awesome to say about like, your best friend who's like get, get right. like taking you on like wild rides with his with her like friends who just got off parole. Right. <laughs> Kimmy seems like such a, like an odd couple with Danielle.
2: Like she seems so uncomfortable with like the guys that are there, and she's like. And like, she's like, she's like, you know, he kind of crossed the line when, when he calls Caroline <laughs>
3: <send them> <laughs> the faggot episode is crazy. The editing of that episode, the way also, that they like selectively bleep out that word was really interesting to me. People are
2: throwing around the F word, um, constantly. I <laughs> They slurs like, are about in a
1: derogative way like I've never yeah. heard the word queer used in a derogatory way on national television like with such gusto <laughs> as on New Jersey
3: have you guys gotten to the part yet where it's kind of like the dissolution of Joe Jude. like he's about to go to prison he like hates mm-hmm. his brother-in-law Joe Gorga so yeah. much he's so jealous of him and it's revealed that he has Joe Gorga in his phone as just faggot <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, it's he's like fucking faggot. Like that's that's what he's in at. It's
3: like that's your brother. Like that would come up at work, or like anyone could see that. It's so, it's so weird. Oh my god! And then so, the best is yeah. the
1: season. I think it's the season five. So season five reunion. Mm-hmm. when um when Andy Cohen is like yet again Teresa and Joe you say you're advocates for the gay community but you keep using the word faggot like explain and they're like Teresa's like no 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 like how could you say that we have this incredible gay couple that we're friends with like I hang out with the woman and like oh with yes. the man I and did
0: Andy do that.
1: Cohen is like
0: what I did, are you, you talking can't about say that.
1: how are a couple of ones a woman of one's a man and Teresa's like no 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 you don't understand they're both men but all couples have a man and a woman so I hang out with the woman and he hangs out with the man and Joe Judas is like yeah like that's what they call themselves like you know like I'm not like I hang out with the man and like they're both burly like whatever and Andy Cohen and is just like oh my god <laughs> you guys they just they just like lit think it's because like And I don't want to say they barely speak English because, like, I know that for Joe and Teresa, like, English really is their second language. (laughs) Which is confusing to me, though, because she was born in New Jersey.
3: I think she was born in Italy. No, she, like is constantly, like, born and raised
1: in New Jersey, which is either a lie or... I think that's her, her delusion. I think okay. that's also just, like, her hyperbolized delusion, where she is like, ah, yes, I was born in Italy, and I was also born and raised in New Jersey. Yes, totally. Because and she just like, somehow I think relates like, to the ethos of that. You they're, know? like,
2: totally. Truly old-world Italians who, like, raised them speaking Italian,
3: you know? Okay, that's, yes, that makes sense. Yes, yeah, so they are, yeah, they're, like, literally ESL. Which, um, Danielle <laughs> is not, and she acts, she speaks like she is. Like my favorite like Danielle ism is when she she only when she wants to say women she only says woman. I know. And then like there's like a moment where she's like it's after I think the brawl happens where her hair gets pulled and she's like civilized women don't act like this. Mental institutions with access to no medication act like this. And all of her friends are like totally. And it's like wait, what the fuck did you just say? Like that is like not a sentence.
0: <laughs> I'm like dying because
1: Teresa's really my favorite in it too. First of all, with all the use, like yeah, they're mean, all like use don't know. <laughs> and they all say ain't. You know what I mean? Also,
2: Teresa saying sandwich. Where the fuck did <laughs> that come from? And that and is so good.
1: Sang- sandwich is when is it like the season finale of season five? <laughs> When she's having like an all-out screaming war with um with Penny, and she's like, "I'm like, cracking up too much." She's like, "No, you sent the texties." Oh yeah, texties
3: is amazing. And Danielle always says, Danielle always says allegi- allegiances, which oh, I yeah. love. You watch your allegiances. No one has read a book in this group ever. Or, like, heard another person speak.
2: Or, like, heard anybody outside of New Jersey talk.
3: Yes. Oh, cool. my God. Wait, that's, like, another favorite. Like, when she when Danielle goes into Posh, and there's, like, a woman there who's, like, working the desk and is on the phone and Danielle gets mad that she, like, doesn't immediately serve her. And then she, like, talks to, like, Kim G or Kim D, owner of Posh, and is like, I love you too much to be treated. Th- yeah. I love you too much to be treated this way in your store. And I was
1: like, wait, what? What? <laughs> But also but, teresa I think that their, like lack of the grasp of the of like the basic grammatical functions of the English language just like even further poised to their just like delusional logic. <laughs> like, well because everyone's like
3: of... t- everyone understands it. Everyone's like, totally, right. you're so right. I'm so sorry.
2: <laughs> Teresa's or, like, teresa, they're getting a Nor'easter and she's like, we're getting a Norwegian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the
1: ingredients. There are too many ingredients so come in come,
2: in. come in. i can't you
1: know, no. <laughs> let her get away with it and even in that fight that i'm talking about where she's like i didn't send the texties you sent the texties it was you who sent the texties <laughs> and she's like penny like gets back at her with a dig and, and then Teresa, like in the height of like fury goes well it was
0: <laughs> and what a, a coinky dig. <laughs>
3: No, it is like a lull a minute. Like New Jersey, seriously, like it's so good. <laughs> I am like crying, laughing. Like when Joe, when Joe Gorga refers to like cum in his body as poison. Oh my it's too, god, There's too much poison in my body. In, like in front of his like three year old, it's like this is so and then gross- Tarzan. Mess.
1: Tarzan is. A- I know.
2: Just- also, also Tarzan Gorga- likes it. <laughs> Joe Gorga um has like an affinity for like cross-dressing
3: he's a full like, cross dress. he
2: has since he was a child like teresa like says that she's like yeah you used to do it all the time you know wear yeah, a little dress and they're like it's
3: awesome it's and andy really cohen hot. is like
2: really and like, <laughs> yeah and then like and then he's like always flirting with like he i mean he has like closet i mean him and joe judice have closeted energy like any man like joe judice who's like that evil i feel like just has to be like Unhappy in some like very base way.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think Joe Judece's homophobia does feel like so old school that it's like you are just gay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like in, you're intrigued by gayness in this way that you're just like has turned into hate. But like I feel like Joe Gorg is like pretty secure in his sexuality and like yeah, he wears it well. It never feels like bigoted. Like it feels I also like, feel just, like, like
2: yeah, I also feel like a like kind of like I like a guy who's like a little bit of like a queen or like like would totally oh, love yeah. being married to Melissa like she's um, like
1: yes such I mean, a, she looks such like, a, like Barbie queen. yeah, yeah. Well, she's like a gay icon which is like <laughs> yeah. Greg uh who's love like a gay love of um Albie and Chris like loves Melissa yeah. so right <laughs> so I feel like yes like that that definitely makes sense it's like they're like the um like, I feel like Joe and Melissa Gorga are, like, the New Jersey uh, Dodie Bellamy and Kevin Killian. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> They do sort of feel like just, like, the new generation of, like, Joe
3: and... Teresa where it's like they just like have their like hotter younger slightly better politics like are just like more pleasant to be around like it Mm -hmm. feels like they're just like a more developed they're like alpha versions of yeah
1: but (laughs) then like Chris I think it's Chris Manzo who makes the joke because he was like yeah uh Joe Joe Gorga once told me that like he lost his virginity when he was nine years old oh yeah that it was to Teresa that would make so much sense (laughs)
3: i mean i think that's one of the reasons that i think joe gorg is so hot is because they're like weird Freudian relationship where he like clearly wants to fuck his sister like i think i'm like
0: and really
1: like that's all she wants she's so jealous of melissa
3: she like is so jealous that melissa
1: like gets to be with joe
0: gets so
1: sucked every night by I know. Tiny demon Joe Gorga. They
3: really do like reveal so much of their own, their sex lives on the show, which is really crazy too yeah. for like people that are so like kind of like clearly influenced like the Catholic faith also and this like traditional yeah. set of like values. Like there's a lot of like talk about like fucking.
2: <laughs> well, I have like, I have a friend whose like family is really Christian and like, it was this weird thing of like, it was like, you weren't allowed to have sex until you got married. Mm-hmm. But once you were, or like drink till you were of legal drinking age, you know, like it was like all like, like very like rule. And mm-hmm. then like, but as soon as you were married, they talked about sex all the time, like <laughs> yeah. with, without abandon. And like in this way, that was like really weird. It's like, there's like, it's like, oh, now it's like sanctioned. So now you can be kind of like vulgar about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's really we- a weird, you know, sort of like thing
3: yeah and, and especially that
2: she didn't her mother didn't let her wear a tampon until she got married because like it was like threatened
3: your virginity yeah I think that's it feels like that's a th- in like yeah I think especially in like catholic yeah like, predominantly catholic cultures like there is this sort of like you know the obvious like major repression leads to this like explosion of like right re- like sexuality or whatever and like you know but I do think it's also sort of like a in cultures that are, like, really, like, ma- like machismo, that's a thing, too, where it's, like, very gendered sexual speak or, like, yeah. the men are so, like, I'm gonna fuck you and, like, that's, like, totally chill to say in front of your, like, toddler, but then, like, you know, talking about or, like, having your daughter wear a tampon or, like, a push-up bra is, like, scandalous right. or whatever. <laughs> I mean, also, like, the, um,
2: the, like, <laughs> this kind of ties it back to top of that Badge in a way, like, there's a little bit, like, of this, um, like Teresa keeps talking about Joe going away and mm-hmm. won't take jail and Melissa says jail one time and Teresa like flips mm-hmm. out and they have that like amazing fight um mm-hmm. but like Kathy's like you know in New Jersey we say going away cuz uh some it's it's old school
0: yeah it's a pride mm-hmm. thing
2: and it's like that kind of feels like a really like important like, I think, like, we were saying, like, there's an internal logic. There's kind of, like, there's, there's a lot of Jersey-isms, you know? like mm-hmm. the, And, like, because they're all a family, like, they all have these, like, shared histories. They understand stuff about each other from, like, you know, way back. So there there is, like, an internal logic to the structure of the show.
3: Mm-hmm. Totally. For sure. Yeah, I like, too, them, that feels like an, a further extension of the delusion, too. So they yeah. talk about, like, New Jersey culture or even just, like, mob, like, Italian-American culture that's so, like like deeply lame now and like doesn't really exist in the way that it once did you know too so i'm like talking about it with this like re- severity is like so like off base ultimately
1: it's <laughs> yeah. also sure. funny because it's like i i feel like um f- you do not want to be caught at the same lower east side bar with like the bridge and tunnel crowd you <laughs> yeah. know and they're all joe Judice, joe gorga's like whatever <laughs> Like, you would never, ever in a million years be like, oh, yeah, they seem fun. Like, they're right. just, like, the fucking worst people ever. I kind of want
3: to find a, a joke. I want to find a Gorga.
1: <laughs> I'll help. I'll wingman you. Please. I would love that. <laughs> if they're shorter than me, they're shorter than you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Emma, for joining us to discuss this weird prop.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry that I was all. I feel like I was really frazzled. We didn't talk much about the book, but I love talking I don't know. about New Jersey. <laughs> I think I think it worked. I think I think we got what we
2: what we needed. Um, so yes, Emma, like we said earlier, is a host of I Am a Genius Pod, which you can find on Instagram and on Patreon. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep on going with New Jersey. I'm I'm in it for the long haul at this point.
3: I know. I'm gonna, you guys have inspired me to revisit it and continue it to the end. I need to get caught up. Well, now Gia has confessionals. I like know. Hollywood. I saw that. I'm very interested. I
2: love Gia. I can't wait to see what a psycho she grew up into being.
3: I know. I feel bad. I feel bad for, for the Judice girls.
1: I feel bad for her, but She is <laughs>
2: so spoiled. They, those kids are so spoiled.
1: I think Rwanda Gabrielle is a maniac. <laughs> I think Gabrielle is a lesbian. I'll bet yeah. you good money on that right now. Mm she's she's so cute yeah
2: i, I melania is literally a, a a terror child she's hysterical
3: <laughs> that's my favorite housewives moment ever is when she says to joe gorga or joe judice when she's like three like give me some pizza you old troll and then <laughs> <he's> like <laughs> I doesn't am. even respond is just like yeah <laughs> it's
0: like this
3: is awesome it's like a language of grunts He's truly
1: grunting father <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh what you were saying i think we should close out on what you were saying was your favorite scene that i agree is one of the best things i've ever seen when joe being woken up hung over on christmas day <laughs> and then everyone
3: gets food poisoning it's not a the good house yeah, until someone poops their pants on camera, I'm not
0: interested. That's like <laughs> in the season five reunion when Joe's like,
1: "I'm about to shit my pants," and Andy's like, "Wait, are you serious?" And Joe's like, "Yeah, the bad stomach." And He's an
2: IBS king.
1: Then Andy's <laughs> like, "Give me some Imodiums. <laughs> And Then Joe, Judah, you just see, you him know, just like, like slow. I'm just taking like five emodium.
2: Well, they they all like have like like Teresa and Joe like get the like chronically get the runs. Like they both have like ideas because like all their yeah, it comes is, up like, a gluten, lot. Gluten <laughs> and wine. Like that's all their that's all their. You know? Like when, when Joe doesn't go to the the to like Melissa's baby's christening because he's like I got the runs. <laughs>
0: but he's trying yeah. not
2: to have the camera catch him, and so he's like I gotta go. <laughs>
1: No, it's amazing. It's just, it's absolutely fantastic. Just homemade <laughs> fucking wine.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, and homemade tomatoes, or you yeah, tomato can't sauce, or you can Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, the homemade wine is crazy. <laughs> oh my god. So funny. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I'm so glad we got to read this book. Thank you for indulging my uh my weird my weird idea
3: oh my god no thank you guys so much for having me i love talking to you all about um real housewives and reality tv it's so fun I know, yeah well too.
1: we'll we'll do it again soon
3: yeah please on yeah, or off camera yeah yeah tuesday <laughs> i'll
1: see you tuesday <laughs> perfect bye
3: okay oh, bye good, guys
0: Class, money can't buy your class. Elegance is learn, my friends. Elegance is learn. Uh Oh, yeah.
4: to hold the door when I give them so much more than they can imagine money rich and manners poor never got the boys too far money talks but I just walk when I can't stand it and the primary mistake texting on a date if you make a lady wait she'll take a pass the lesson all should learn even if there's cash to burn respect yourself cause no one else can change your path
0: money cash
4: To allow the men you've met to exemplify their very best behavior. When entering a room, greet everyone and soon you'll be invited and entitled to the grandeur. Your company should feel when a conversation's real, even if the topic feels like science class. You can tell where someone's been without even asking him. He's either rude or has some style and panache.
0: Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned, my friends Elegance is learned, oh yeah Life
4: is all about elegance and flair And savoir faire You don't have to be rich or famous to be unforgettable Haha <laughs> It's not about where you're from, it's about what you've learned.
0: Money can't pop.